Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by the Culture Project. We have Christina Barber, Kate Capto, Becca Huffman, Will Penagascos, Rob Longo, and David Abel. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles out, we're going to break open the Bread of Life from John chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. But before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts? Sure, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for the, the gift of your word. And you knew that we would be uh, just stumbling along our way uh, if we didn't have this beautiful, beautiful guide for us, your, your word. And as we open up the gospel that we're going to hear this Sunday at Mass, uh, please, Lord, just prepare our hearts to, uh, to receive you in a, in a real special way at Mass this Sunday through your Word and, and, and ultimately through the Eucharist. Uh, we just ask you, Lord, to bless all those that are listening right now and, uh, and bless us here in the studio. And if we could, just pray this prayer together. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and, and kindle, kindle in us the fire of your love. love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Robin. Christina, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I'd be happy to. So this is a reading from John 2. Verses 13 to 22. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold the doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of the scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe that the, they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Thank you, Christina. It's just, uh, it's so providential that you guys are here. Welcome to you guys. Uh, it's uh, it's 
just beautiful what what Culture Project is doing to uh, to restore the culture. And if you, you know, when, when I was listening, Christina, to you read the gospel and just thinking of your mission, uh, there's so many different ways that we can go. And you know, we can get angry at the culture. We could, you know, let that anger turn into resentment and bitterness and all this stuff. So obviously, Jesus, you know, was angry, and, and anger in and of itself isn't a sin, right? It's just an emotion. Uh, Jesus is sinless, so uh, you know he's showing us that that anger directed in the right way can change culture, change hearts, and and that's what you guys are doing. So uh, I would love to hear um, from you guys. I'm sure our listeners as well. You know, what's the mission of Culture Project? How do you see your mission and and this zeal, right? That that Jesus had for his Father's house. Um, you know, how, how do you how do you see the two tied in? Sure, Rob, I can give you a brief mission statement of ours. And uh, our briefest mission statement is that the Culture Project, it's an initiative of young people set out to really change the culture through an experience of virtue. So really, when people see something that is undeniably beautiful and undeniably true and that resonates in their hearts as really what they've been searching for, this is what draws people to change. Um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it unless he knows he's thirsty, Right. And so um, a lot of our brothers and sisters out there are really thirsty for something true. And essentially what the Culture Project does is we send out young missionaries, mostly out of college, right out of college. And they go out and they speak in high schools. They speak in colleges, even to some middle schools. And they speak on the dignity of human life, both before birth in the womb and also during human life. And we also speak on the beauty and the sanctity of sexuality and really like a, a restoration of sexual integrity. So it's just a beautiful apostolate where we speak, and then the second lung of the apostolate is that we, uh, we really promote a community, a strong community life amidst the missionaries, but a community life that's contagious within the, the city that they're living in. So if we have a team in Los Angeles, it's our hope that their community within themselves would draw other young people and young adults into a vibrant community where they're living their lives fully alive. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And, and for people to learn more about Culture Project, is there a place that they can visit, Christina? Yeah, you can visit our website. You go to www.restoreculture.com. Awesome. And it's a great place to find more. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. all of that good stuff, Instagram. And it's all under Restore Culture. That's awesome. Thank you for what you do. You're welcome. You know, I think as I was reading over the, the gospel and listening to it again today, you know, Jesus went in and drove people out, the money changers, out of the temple area. because And, and someone shared this with me earlier. Because people sometimes, they, they start out serving the Lord with good intentions, but then the world gets into their lives and they end up selling the Lord. They end up profiteering off of Jesus, off of the Bible, off of, off of things that God has given them inspirations, talks, books. And I, I just keep getting challenged. I can never let money stand in the way of feeding the Lord's sheep and feeding his lambs. So anything I have, I recognize as a gift from God that I'm used to help others. And so for me, this driving out of the, of the, of the money changers, what does Jesus need to come into my life to drive out of me that I still have attachments to the world that, that to me it's about making money on something or making a profit on something where the Lord's saying, let go and let me feed the people with the gifts that I've given you, you know, and it can be, again, 
our stories. It can be books we produce. It can be whatever the Lord has given us in a gift. Don't let money stand in the way of feeding the hungry and, and, and let go and let God use us for the building of his kingdom. And I, I, want, I want that zeal. I want that zeal that the Lord has. Now, when you mention zeal, it's, uh, it's, it's when we, uh, we have five kids and at night we'll give them a blessing. And one of the things we say is, uh, uh, you know, Lord, give, give Robbie, if, if it's Robbie or Grace, whoever, we're, we're blessing a, a zeal for souls, mm-hmm. a zeal for souls. And, and obviously Jesus had, has zeal for souls. Um, so whatever he does is for, for the good of, of the soul or souls in front of him. And and David, as you're mentioning zeal and praying for that, because that's a gift, right? That's a gift of the Holy Spirit that we can pray for. Um, and then when we have that, and it's truly not our agenda to to win an argument or to prove a point or um, you know to make ourselves look better. And if it's if it's if the intention is so pure that it's I want to be in heaven with this person forever, right? And then we have that zeal for the soul that's in front of us or the souls in front of us. Um, that's a, that's a beautiful gift to pray for. It is. So thank you for that encouragement. It's incredible in in our in our culture. Um, I, I think of how like the word like zealot, like people think of a zealot, someone that is zealous is like this extremist that's I don't know terrible and has anger in their hearts. And yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's an association just that I have. But it's um, good to go back to like what is the origin of the word zeal. And Rob, as you were just. Um, speaking a little bit about the purity of your like intentions and your motives and to remember that like zeal as you're saying it's like it's like a gift it's like a healthy good thing like a zeal for the lord that we're um we're meant to have and in our culture i think we can you know we can have different responses to the way that things are um, happening in our culture that we're not happy about and you can respond with this response that we have maybe a negative connotation like to to, to be overly uh, zealous in a, a negative, negative way and to rebuke, kind of to rebuke the world or to rebuke the culture. But um, to me, this is just a, a really a reminder to be called back to like a, a healthy zeal to restore, to bring back the beauty, the goodness in our culture. So instead of when we see things that, that we don't like and, you know, when Jesus drives the, the money changers out of the temple, he's not driving them out because he's given up on the world. He's driving them out um, with a healthy zeal and actually to restore things to the right order. So to, to bring back the original meaning of, of why we're going to the temple, why we're offering sacrifice. And um, anyway, just, just as I'm reflecting on this, I'm thinking it's a, a call to go back to what zeal, a true zeal for the Lord really means and to see that as a, as a positive thing, to have this radical call, of pu- but to a pure... Um, just promotion of, of the Lord and, and his goodness and as opposed to just seeing things negatively and re- dismissing the world, but actually trying to bring it back to, to goodness and beauty. And kind of going off of that, when we see, obviously in the gospel, we are, we are to look at the gospel and to see what Jesus does and how he lives and to live like that. And so when we see Jesus living out that zeal that we're talking about now, that's something that we ought to model, a healthy sort of zeal that Christina is talking about. But when I read this, it makes me think, what made those money changers, what, what brought the people, um, like David was saying, what, what brought people from um, kind of preaching the word to almost like selling God, you know, mm-hmm. for their own profit? And I, I, you know, I, it, this makes me just think of our own um, 
when we lose that zeal, when we lose that urgency in prayer, uh, what causes that? Because I think that, you know, all of us want, we, we want to be like Jesus, but sometimes we, we lose that. And we realize, you know, like, I'm praying for these people. My friend says, pray for me, and I pray for them. But I don't really have that urgency in my heart. I want that urgency back, but I don't have it. And I think without us noticing it, sometimes the world can harden us. And even the culture can harden our hearts so that without even knowing it, we look around and we, we kind of we lose hope in the culture. But when we look to the very end of this reflection from second chapter of John, it says his, after his resurrection, his disciples remembered that he had said that he would raise his body, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. It's like a, a softening of their hearts, a, a falling away of the layers around their heart. Um, so the, the, we, if we catch ourselves being those merchants in the marketplace where we've become hard-hearted and lost that zeal, honestly, I think we just need to, we need to pray that God can make us urgent in prayer because there's a difference between the person who says, yeah, Lord, you know, Joe asked me to pray for him, so pray for Joe. Be given grace, you know. There's a difference between that and the mother standing above her sick son pleading the Lord. There's an urgency there, and we can have that urgency, and prayer is real. So this just reminds me of how we can, if we lose that zeal and that urgency, it's important, you know, even for those listening now, maybe just say a prayer right after you hear this to ask the Lord to return that urgency to your prayer and really make your prayers effective because they're coming right from your heart. And, you know, as you were sharing that, I go to the sentence here that says, but he was speaking about the temple of his body. And do we realize that our body is a temple, that our eyes are meant to see with the eyes of Christ? Mm. Our hands are meant to respond with the love of Christ. You know, our voices, our hearts. So I'm looking at this saying, okay, what am I putting into this temple? Is it pure? Because what I input, I'm going to output. If I plug into the television or I plug into things that I shouldn't be plugging into, that's what I'm going to output. So I want to look at this and say, Lord, help me, because I can't do it on my own. Help me. I want this temple to be pure. Why? The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit live and dwell in me, in me. Think about that in each of us. So I want this pure temple that the Lord can live and dwell in and use my hands, use my eyes, use my ears, use all of me for his mission of love to this world. So we've got to stay in a connection of pure input into our bodies, through our eyes and our minds and our ears. We have to, because so subtly the world slips in and creeps in. And it's amazing how it works, but it does. It does. Kate, can I can I ask you please if 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 you would share the story that you told me earlier today about your sister, right? That there was a whole bunch of stuff that's being offered, right? And talk about culture and purity and what we input, and and uh, you know instead of throwing the tables over, she uh, she created her own table. Uh, can can you share a little yeah, bit about that? Sure, Rob. Um, my sister, I'm actually so proud of her. Um, I was nervous when she went off to college. To, you know how college is. You never know where choices will be made and how they'll turn out. Um, but she's she's in her junior year now, and the other month she called me up because she's seen what I do with the culture project, and the Lord has touched her heart. And she's an RA at University of Pitt, uh, Bradford campus, and um, they have what I believe is called Sex Week there. And she calls me up. She said, as an RA, I get a table 
and I want to talk about chastity. And I, of course, <laughs> with the work that I do, that just really spoke to my heart. And I was so proud of her for even venturing out with, with this thought. And um, now as an RA, she's supposed to get funds to provide what she needs at the table. And of course, uh, <laughs> the funds were all spent on condoms. Mm-hmm. And so she got nothing. So she's like, Kate, I guess I'm just going to hand make everything. And I was like, uh, no, no, we'll figure something out. I said, you know what? You I actually encouraged her. Why don't you call the Chastity Project and um, tell them your story? And she's, she's a little hesitant of that, but she, she says, okay, Kate, I'll do that. She ends up calling, and um, through your generosity, through um, Jason and Kristalina's generosity, Within a short period of time, she was able to get all the uh, supply over abundance, the supplies that she needed. And she said, not only did this affect her heart, but she saw what was done that day um, during during sex week when people came to the table and she was able to give them supplies. And she she's new to all of this, so she didn't even have the correct words, but the Holy Spirit worked through her and those that joined her. And at the end of this um, this day, they take kind of a poll of what the students' experience was. They ask, like, what did you learn new at, at, at this event? Because their goal is safe sex, okay? And her, her boss came up to her and she said, Maria, what is this chastity thing? Because most people put that down on their sheet. Wow. And she's like, uh, what? Awesome. Really? Um, so as you can see, the Holy Spirit really worked and with the generosity of being able to give what was needed to uh, despite having no money students were uh, able to see what pure love is and to be introduced to that and out of the the weakness of my sister her courage brought this on and and your support so it was a beautiful beautiful witness so thank, thank you kate you. that is such a beautiful story it gives us yeah. uh, gives us all a lot of hope that if we just take the first step right and we trust and and return to, a, as Will said, a, a, an urgent prayer life. Because mm. uh, how many times, I don't know about you guys, but how many times will I get into a routine, I'll be going to a school to talk to kids, and, and I'll throw up a prayer, but is it like an urgent pleading? Mm. Like that 30-minute drive there, I could be just like on my knees as much as I can in a car, right? <laughs> just urgently praying and remembering as many faces that I've seen before, names and situations, and just 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 radically, urgently praying. Um, all right, so that, thank you for that story. And David, kind of reminds me of, of what you say about the salt water. So it seems like this is a good story about that, right? So everybody was drinking the salt drinking water. Drinking the salt water, thinking it's going to quench their thirst. I mean, I, I find that again and again and again in high schools and colleges. These kids are drinking the salt water, thinking it's going to quench their thirst. It looks bright and clear and refreshing, but they drink it. It's ended up killing them because they're not getting satisfaction. They're not getting satisfied. They're getting emptier, and they're dying spiritually. And so when they do taste truth, their heart resonates with it. It's like a sponge. When you start dripping water on it, it becomes soft and pliable. Well, that's like your heart. It's like that sponge. And all of a sudden, it starts to absorb that moisture. And it's like it's beautiful. It's living, and it gives life back to the sponge. You know, so for me, the more we can share truth with love, don't be afraid to share it with your children. Don't be afraid to get the materials. They're free here at Stewardship Mission of Faith on chastity and purity. Kids want truth. Share it with them, and they'll thank you years down the road. They really, truly will. I believe that. And I think what 
was even more powerful was the witness of the possibility, like, we can live this out. And that's what we at The Culture Project strive to do. And that's what my sister and some of her friends did. Her and her boyfriend are striving to live out chastity. And so some of the students that came up to them were like, well, this sounds great, but is it possible? And they're like, yeah, we're living it. With the grace of God, we're living it, and you can too. Uh, so, and, and, and Willie had mentioned the, the one line here that the disciples remembered that he had said this. So, you know, it doesn't that give you hope in, in the mission that you're, that you're embarking on that maybe not in front of you, but, you know, weeks or months or years down the road, wow, they remembered what the Culture Project said. That's right. And then experienced the true joy of, wow, living this pure, chaste life, there is joy. There is that pure love, that pure friendship, uh, fun the way God intended it to be without the regrets that, you know, that, you know, the seeds that, that are planted, that you guys are planting, when they experience it, oh, they said that. They said that we'd experience this. Yeah. Rob, that same thing was just really striking my heart as, as we're like, discussing this and pondering this word. It, it took first of the action. So like Jesus actually did something. So he did, and, and mm-hmm. Dave, as you speak all the time, speaking the truth in love, it, it takes like first speaking the truth, doing something, taking an action, taking a first step, and maybe there isn't a response right away. I mean, obviously Jesus drove everyone out of the temple, but we don't know that they were deeply affected or had a conversion of heart then. But in time, like the the seeds were planted, and then look, Mm -hmm. after Jesus dies and down the road, the disciples, they remembered it, and it it, it did have that effect later. So, I mean, it's just, we just have to be faithful to acting in the situations that, that we're giving, to responding to the truth, speaking the truth in love, and trusting that it will have effect. And Dave, as you were speaking to earlier, like to parents, to not be afraid to speak the truth to their children. I'm just so glad for all the times that my parents weren't afraid to speak the truth in love and to challenge me and to put limits on me. And I would roll my eyes and pretend like I was angry. Sometimes I was angry. Sometimes I was relieved, actually. But I listened. I listened to everything they said. And it might not have born visible fruit until years later, but I absorbed it, and I, I don't know. I just see that as something that all of us just have to take action in this day. Yeah, that reminds me of a story. My friend in college used to always say, your body is temple of the Holy Spirit, and she'd tell me this over and over, and I'd kind of laugh at her, didn't really understand, but she was speaking truth and love to me. Um, and then years later, I was in a Bible study, kind of had a reconversion, and I, I was reading that Bible verse, and I was like, oh, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I got so excited. I called her up. I'm like, your years of like praying for me and your faithfulness of just expressing this truth and love for me, like it sunk in, like it wasn't for nothing. Um, and I want to reverence my body and respect myself and live this out. And so it's so beautiful to hear that. Like you never know what you're going to say and how it's going to affect someone years down the road, but just to be faithful and just speaking that truth that you know and through love and doing the best that you can through that. So. And you know, as I, as I give a lot of talks on addictions and breaking free, mm-hmm. the enemy wants to keep us trapped in our past. Mm-hmm. He wants to say, you know, you've fallen, you've already lost your virginity, you know, you're not pure anymore, you know, what's it matter? But you see, when we say our yes, mm-hmm. all things are new in Christ. And I promise you, in my life's journey, he can make all things new new. He can restore what was once stolen from us, what was once lost, and he can make it new again. Just say our yes. And for me, I'm a, I'm a knucklehead. That's the Lord's pet name for me. You know, it's a daily journey for me. 
So, you know, guys, it starts today. And I, and I look at this, you know, he found in the temple area. Well, I'm saying, okay, if my body's a temple, Lord, come on in. Invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. Say, look in me and find, is there greed that's hidden? Is there pride that's there, Lord? Is there unforgiveness? I think that's one of the greatest thing, things that keeps us in bondage is unforgiveness. We're not hurting the other person. We're in our own prison cell locked from the inside. Is there jealousy? Is there envy? And Lord, get them out. Take what it, if it takes a cord, Lord, whip it, whatever I got to go through. Take me through that journey because I don't want it in me. Why? I want to be a pure vessel of your love to a world that's starving for that truth, that beauty. You know, so, and don't give up because, man, today is a new day in Christ. Don't let the enemy trap us in our past. And you know, I think, Christina, was it you that mentioned uh, truth and goodness and beauty? Yeah, I was speaking uh, to that earlier. Uh, I was listening to uh, Father Barron. Yeah. He's got a, a great website and, and different homilies and teachings, and he was talking about that. And, uh, and he said, he gave the challenge, he said, Be- begin with beauty. Mm. Begin with beauty. Because people can you know, refute, refute truth. Mm. Well, that's your truth, or this is my truth. They can refute goodness. Well, that's, is that really good? Is chastity really? I mean, but beauty can be such a common denominator where you just, if you begin with beauty, that, that can be the starting point that it's hard to resist the beautiful, right? And then when their hearts are soft and, and ready to receive the goodness and the truth that comes along with that beauty, then, uh, then, then they're prepared. So what you guys are offering um, is beautiful. And the first time that I met you, I was with a friend. He and I visited you guys when you were within your 30 days of, of training, 31 or 32 of you. And, and, uh, and we, we felt the love. We felt the joy. We felt the hope. We felt just the, the freedom that you guys had in, in living this lifestyle uh, because you are all experiencing you know, what Jesus said, that you are remembering and living this, uh, this beautiful promise. Uh, so thank you for, for your witness. And, you know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, remember, when we invite the Holy Spirit in, share our testimonies. We're planting seeds of truth that then God grows. And Jesus says it here. But his disciples remembered that he had said this. God then cultivates that soil, that heart, and grows those seeds and changes lives. Share your testimony. Share your story. Share what God's done in your life. And watch what he does with the seeds that he chose to use you to plant deep in the soil of the garden of the hearts of others. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us 
at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.